Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't know if that, that should impact how you perform or how you play or anything like that. I think it's really about you know focusing on what you have to do. Did you talk to Carson about that at all? Did you sense mm-hmm. he was impacted by that at all? No, because again, like I said, you know we had that drive just before the end of the half, and I thought that really kind of just settled him down. I thought he did a nice job. I mean, 21 plays and you know however long it was, you know those are one of the things that you sit there and go, okay, you know we got a little bit of rhythm going, and let's go, let's finish it. Did you think of switching to Taylor at all? I considered it, you know, but. Um, then they went up by 14, and I, I figured for sure we were going to be throwing the ball downfield. That's Ron Rivera post game yesterday on fans chanting for Heineke and booing Carson Wentz. Says it shouldn't have been a factor in how Wentz played. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Buffalo Wild Wings and Culpepper, our last ride out and about this year at Culpepper B Dubs. We're off Nalls Mill Road, so come say what's up and kick it with us. Danny just spilled a drink, and a listener was kind enough to help you clean it up. That's exactly what happened. That's Very nice been, of him. Yeah, no elaboration. Uh, that's exactly how it went down. So the table where we are, there's a couple tables put together, mm-hmm. right, to extend the original size of the table to fit all the equipment and computers and different things. And then there's the big one of six having the fan tablecloth, which you can see when you come in. And I put my water down what I did, where I didn't know there was a crease because two tables are pushed together. And as soon as I did that, it toppled over and spilled all over everything and everybody. The Comrex Ryan is fine. The computer is fine. My lap's a little wet. Ryan's a little wet. But other than that, uh, it was just a mild disaster. We've got to shout out our listener who helped us. 100%. It was very nice. Yeah. He, like, Ryan was looking around. I'm looking around. He just like, went and found some napkins and got it done. He, go, he just looks at me and goes, this is Culpepper, man. And I'm not sure what that meant. But just like, I guess this happens all the time. <laughs> There are spills and you got to find a napkin. I don't know. <laughs> That's what he said. No, it was a great. What you said, right? He goes. He goes. It was a great line. He shook his head, kind of no. went. Well, I think it's pepper. because Ryan was looking for paper towels and they were like, no, not like there wasn't anything nearby. So he like ran to the bathroom yeah. or something, and so he he just went and found napkins like over at some station. Uh-huh. He's just like. This is Culpepper. He's like, some guys just can't handle Culpepper, man. Like, stuff's always (laughs) spilling, you know? It's it's like the scene out of uh, The Hangover where it's like, you know, these dudes, man, they can't handle Vegas. Can't handle Vegas. You could bring the Danny to Culpepper, but he's still Danny. Yeah, yeah, water's on the ground, man. It's Culpepper. (laughs) Better look out. (laughs) Yesterday was the Carson Wentz show for the Commanders with the three picks. So here's where I'm at on on the Wentz performance. Number one, I thought he was going to play pretty well. The weather was beautiful. It was perfect. Slinging the football weather. The Browns' defense is not good. Mm. There's really no excuses for Carson Wentz. And so if you listen to the show last week, I was high on the idea of doing the exact same thing you've been doing with Brian Robinson, which they mostly did, and then getting some stuff downfield and play action and, and hitting on some shots with Wentz. He played horribly. I was stunned by how bad he looked. I really was. It was statistically maybe the worst game of his career when you look at rating. and Quarterback rating things. was, yeah. That said, 
I like Rivera, who today when asked if he regrets the decision, I'm sure he regrets, regrets the result or, or the outcome, uh, but I still think they should have played Carson Wentz. They were doubling down on the trade. They made the trade. They had to see what he looked like. It's more important to make sure Carson Wentz does stink and to see what it was going to be with Wentz than to give Heineke one more shot to get right after three games without a win when they weren't scoring any points. I mean, the Heineke folks, and they're loud and there are plenty of them, were very upset that yesterday they go back to Wentz and it's a, see, I told you so, he's terrible, and they got what they wanted, and that's fine. Congratulations. The fact is, a week before, they scored 12 points against the Giants at home. Before the, you know, I thought he got screwed in the 49ers game because I thought he was playing pretty well. But on two of his final three plays, he turned the ball over. He fumbled five times in the last three games he played. So now you're going to be screaming about Carson Wentz throwing picks. They're both not good enough. Right. Neither of them would have beaten the Browns, in my opinion, yesterday when your defense allowed not one or two, but three straight drives that went for touchdowns. And so did they make the wrong decision? Maybe. To me, I don't care about the the Cleveland game or the rest of this season or the playoffs or no playoffs. I'm playing chess. Like, I got bigger fish to fry here. And the most important thing to me was these guys who thought all offseason Carson Wentz is the real deal need to watch him for eight more quarters before they make a potentially bad, or who knows, good decision at the end of this year. And I, I just think that should have been the priority. It's why they made the move they did, and I have no problem with it. Now, I, I wasn't really passionate either way because I've, you know, I've gotten to that same conclusion, right? Where to me, neither is acceptable, and more data to prove that once is unacceptable is, is fine with me. Um, the Heineke folks were you know, basically saying, hey, you know, they, they, the team kind of turned it around while Taylor was there. Whether you want to give him enough credit or not for that, it did happen. And even though they don't score any points, even though their offense is unacceptable with or without him, still there's something to it. And then they just kind of wave their hands at you. I'm fine with that, too. Honestly, like when, when you don't have a good answer, you choose whatever you think the least bad option is. That's what this is. This is an Argo situation. They shouldn't be in this bucket. They should stop getting in it forever. What I would do is if I was the new owner, I would walk in and I would say, thrilled to be here, really excited to build some things for you guys. We're going to try to build something sustainable here for the long term. Real quick, show of hands. Who liked the Carson Wentz trade? One, two, three. Okay, you guys get out. You're fired. You're never welcome back here ever again. We're never doing that ever again. We're going to draft a guy. If it doesn't work, most of them don't. We'll draft another guy, and we'll keep doing it. You'll get a few shots at it, and if none of them work, we'll kindly you know, uh, uh, part ways, and we'll get the next crew in here to evaluate and try to guess right on this quarterback thing. Because this is the elusive mystery. You don't get it when you don't play in the, in, in the lottery. When you take someone else's leftovers, you're going to end up with this. How many times does this have to happen? For every Rich Gannon, there's 277,000 Case Keenums. No one should ever be in this marketplace, and yet here they are. So I was fine starting either guy. To me, I probably, if I was objectively trying to win these last couple of games, I might have just gone with Heineke without any kind of good reason, sort of just because, right? Because whether you think you're winning because of him or you're not, they kind of were. They were doing okay. They were doing better than they were early in the season. So I would have gone with it. But I, no passion, no defense of either one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I look at the current playoff bracket, and the Bucks are quarterbacked by a guy that they signed in free agency. Um, the Giants have a new staff that has kind of elevated Daniel Jones. The Vikings are quarterbacked by a guy that they signed in free agency. Um, the 49ers are quarterbacked by a seventh-round pick. 
but would have been quarterbacked by a guy that they essentially acquired via trade or free agency if not for an injury. Seattle is quarterbacked by a guy that they signed in free agency. So, like, the idea that you can't do it that way or, you know, you should never sign a quarterback or trade for a quarterback, you should only draft one, we we can disagree on. Uh, Having said that, you need to acquire good quarterbacks. Like, we'll agree to that. And guys that are on their third team in three years typically aren't that. But – I know everyone wanted Ron Rivera to come to the podium today and say, whoops, should have started Heineke. And I didn't expect him to. But, again, I think that the reason he went to Wentz was twofold. He did say they wanted a spark. That's the one that will look bad that will come back to get him because the spark was for Cleveland, I would say. Spark burned the house down. The spark created an explosion that you know left us with nothing. And all of our favorite things from the basement are no longer. So that's sad. But the other part was whether he'll admit this or not. The GM part of him had to figure out, okay, can we move on from this guy? Do we have to stick with this guy? What are we going to do at quarterback this offseason? And if you would have played Heineke while Wentz, who you just traded the two picks and given the $28 million to, watched him play those final few games, you go into the offseason not knowing what you're doing at quarterback. And at least now I think you've got an exclamation point on that question. You move along and you get back into the QB search mode. Dennis is in Owings on line three on Grant and Danny. What's up, Dennis? How are you? Guys, 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 guys. Really want to go there, don't you? I, 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 listen, <laughs> let's, 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 just let me say this. Taylor Heineke is a Band-Aid that needs to be ripped off. He can't be here next year. He can't be. Because no matter who you bring in, it's going to be over his shoulder. It's like, it's like Grant said 15, 20 minutes ago. The, the fan base is delusional. They, we don't have a quarterback. We do not have a quarterback. And as long as we don't have a quarterback, we shouldn't have Taylor Heineke in the house. I'm sorry. He's a great guy. His story's mag- magnificent, but he's, he's got to go. All of them have to go. Well, I'll say this real quick. Stay on the line. I don't want to cut you off. I think if Heineke's back next year, I guess he's gone. Sorry. If Heineke's back next year, he should be the starter. Okay? And I'm not ad- advocating for that at all. I'm not doing either of those two things. My point is, I don't think you can keep Heineke and have him be a backup. This fan base can't handle it. They just can't. It's, it's the same as, like, living with someone you dated, and now you're bringing people home and she's just there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't have your analogy. Here's what I know. The second that the perfect thing didn't go exactly as it was supposed to yesterday, the Heineke people at the stadium – which I would say outnumbered the non-Heineke yeah, people. Yeah, Heineke folks are buying tickets. We're, you can say that yeah, for them. <laughs> very, very loud. Yeah. That is not ideal or helpful to anything. And so debating Heineke versus Wentz, which I think is irrelevant and doesn't matter, the point is whoever the quarterback is next year, just like Wentz this year, it's not going to be Mahomes. It's not going to be Allen. It's not going to be a top five or 10 or 12 or probably 15 guy. And what happens when you go get a top 20 or 25 or 30 guy, which is what they're going to be doing, ideally, is that it's, it's a roller coaster, bro. It's some weeks are good, some weeks are terrible. Some, you can't have a guy like that, whoever Wentz is next year, whoever the rookie is next year, and also have Heineke so that every time there's a pick or some imperfect bad outcome, Heineke, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And if, if people can't help themselves, you need to help them by making this decision for them. That's all I'm – I don't do celebrity backups. I don't do them. I don't do them with Tim Tebow. I don't do them with Colin Kaepernick. 
And if, if we're going to make Taylor Heineke some deity, despite the fact that he's the 36th-ranked PFF quarterback out of 37 this year, where every time someone is incomplete, you want to see Heineke be the one throwing the incompletion, then we can't do that either. That's up to you guys. Or you could just treat him like a backup and, and act like grown-ups. But if, if we can't, then I, I, I can't have him. You, you guys make the call. Well, I mean, we've seen it in our history here, right? Like, you couldn't just keep Griffin around and, and start Cousins. You guys know, you know that's right. You know it intuitively. The instant a drive didn't go well, what would people have done? Remember 2012 and started chanting RG3? They did it in 15, right? Well, when, when, when it was Kirk's team? Yeah, when, when Colt McCoy was around and Griffin was there too. Like, was he, he might have been the third string quarterback. Yeah, at times. But like, you can't just have that dynamic. It doesn't work. Even Robert Griffin himself said on the junkies, you can't bring Heineke back as a celebrity backup. Right. Because he understands the dynamic. He gets that. So I'm 100% with the caller, 100% with you. It's not the business I would be in, right? I mean, to me, this needs to be – my backup quarterback needs to be small sample spark kind of a guy, a, a Heineke before he becomes Heineke. Like last year's Taylor Heineke is my perfect backup quarterback. Now that there's a legend, they go for the pylon, and he's drinking bush lights and wearing people's chains, and everyone's saying he is him or whatever the dumb people say on, on the Internet. He's him. Never again. That's, that's the end of the road for me. But here's the other side of it. Again – this is, I want everyone to hear me loud and clear. This is not the plan GM Paulson is doing, okay? Ron Rivera could say, we're going to give Taylor Heineke a chance next year. He'll spend the entire offseason as our starting quarterback. We're going to go into the year. It's his team. Sam Howell will be his backup. All the money we spent on Wentz that we would be spending on Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else, we're going to spend on linebackers that we didn't do this year. Cornerback safety um we're going to spend that on uh extra help on the offensive line we're going to get two guards and we're going to sign taylor heineke to a a one-year five million dollar deal and he's going to be the cheapest starting quarterback in the league and he'll take it and we're just going to build everything up around him now i personally think that's a terrible idea ludicrous i think it would be outrageous i would hate it i'd be miserable however that's that's the way he's still on your roster and, and that is a better plan, in my opinion, than bringing him back behind, say, Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever. Because you're going to be right back in the same spot next year. When Jimmy G misses two games and Heineke comes in and, and throws for 157 yards, a touchdown, and a pick, and you win with a running game in defense, and everyone says, Taylor Heineke's 9-3 and three in his last 12, whatever they're going to say. Brandon's in Waldorf on line four. Hey, Brandon, what's up? Um, for me, it's not so much Taylor versus uh, Carson, and it's going to sound like it is, but <clears throat> looking at the game yesterday, you know, at one point, two completions for two interceptions, and I'm saying to myself, just the previous week, you pulled Taylor, and he had a decent half of football. Okay, so with the playoffs still on the line, you're going to pull Wentz and give us a chance to win this game to go to the playoffs because you're trying to win games, as you always say. Talking about Coach Rivera. And and then after you know the third pick came and I looked at that play and Cam Simmons was running wide open, no coverage over the top, and you didn't hit that. I was like, okay, there's no way in the world you can bring this guy back next year. But also, I'm starting to feel like, how many chances are we going to get? Cause let's just say, and I don't want to say, it, but let's just say we take an L to Dallas next week. That's seven and nine, seven and ten, seven nine and one. We got to do better. I mean, he, he, Rivera's a good guy. He's a good guy, and I think he's taking this team as far as he can take them. I think it's time to, to clean. 
up and, and get a new coach. And, and I mean, like, well, listen, I listen, listen. Thank you for the call. Great call. I don't think there's. I'm trying to confirm this, but uh, top of my head, I don't know who it would be. There's not a coach in the NFL that's had three straight losing seasons to start his tenure and kept his job. I'm talking. I'm not saying all time. I'm saying here right recently, now. This right minute, now, yeah. there's no one in the league, let alone someone with that kind of power. The, the last handful of years, cert- yeah, certainly not a VP football ops GM head coach who gets here, misses this many times on quarterback, three years, three losing seasons, and is back with all that power in the fourth year. There's no way. So at minimum, if they weren't changing owners this off season, which I still believe is going to happen, we'll see. He would lose some influence and power. They would restructure the coach-centric, team president, GM thing. Something would change. If they're changing owners like you think they are and I think they are, I'm not sure what you think at this point, but I'm hopeful. I think it, the status quo just continues. I mean, this is the yeah. ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card for Rivera. If Let's assume for a second that an ownership change does happen, which still, by the way, I can't believe, and I'm, I'm just so hopeful that it does, that it goes through and – Whatever. I'll believe it when it's done. But let's say that, it, that that does happen. The liability of, by the way, you just paid all this money, and now you got to, I know it's chump change comparison. We're talking about billions. But you got to shell out 10, 20, whatever it is, billions or millions because the staff needs to be paid out. That's cash. That's got to come out right now, operating budget, period, end of story, when you just spend all the cash. When I, you don't have money, by the way. Yeah. So that's, that makes sense to me that you wouldn't want to pay somebody not to work for you. If it's a guy with bleep you, I mean, these are all billionaires, so there's all bleep you stuff. But if it's a guy who's like, what's the buyout? Fine. I don't care. I never want to see this goofball but also, again. if you're selling, Maybe, but- why do you care who the coach is? Why do you care if Rivera's right. back or not? If you're being forced to sell and you're hopping out, basically, you're not leading the search for the next guy. There's, there's no reason. It's like talking about, um, you know, the learners trading Juan Soto. If, if you're going to be the owner for the next 10 years, you might be inclined to make sure you don't trade him or you keep him. or you, You're not around. The next owner is inheriting him or not inheriting him. Why do you care? And so, yeah, I just – I think what happens with Rivera, which I'm not even sure if it's debatable. I mean, do you think there's any chance that there's a major change with yes. Rivera? I think there's a chance. You do? I think there's a chance. I think it's not zero. I don't think it's the most likely outcome by far. So, but that comes back to you say. you think there's a decent chance Snyder's the owner next year. Yes. I, to, okay. And but, I and I I hope I'm right and I I'm, this is a guess. I don't. I think he's selling I, this I spring. of course hope you're right. It, that's way more fun for everybody involved than I'll be at the parade with you chugging beers. But to me this is a I think this is going to be more prolonged and dragged out. So I could absolutely see a move being made. I mean, the 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 attributes of Ron Rivera that are positive are many. This is a good person. He's a decent man. You can see how people you know, feel about him and rally around him, and he's got a magnetic personality. Everybody likes him. There's lots of great men. I think your dad's an awesome guy. With all due respect to your dad, I don't, I don't think you should coach the team. You should same, not. same with my pops. I know plenty of really good people that should not be the head coach of the team or have this kind of power, let alone. If he was good at one or the other, I'd go, hey, why don't you focus on this? There's a lot to be desired in both areas. More personnel in front office for me than coach, but coach ain't no picnic either. Rivera has had three winning seasons out of 12. Nobody go, gets a 13th shot with that resume in this league. And, and I'm not advocating, by the way, for firing him. I, I don't think that they should necessarily because I know with the ownership change coming up, you probably can't do better. I mean, honestly, think about it. Who are you bringing in here that wants to sign up to work here not knowing what's going to happen with Dan Snyder? So Rivera's probably better than the alternative. But let's just call it what it is. 
his last five years, seven and nine, five and seven and got fired, seven and nine, seven and ten, seven, eight and one. I mean, Jeff Fisher does this, and he's the butt of every joke on the internet. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Jeff Fisher is made fun of on every account on the internet. Rivera is beloved. And I think it's because we do like him as a person. He is a good dude by all accounts. But, man, do the results not lead you to have any confidence moving forward at this point. 800-636-1067. The Commanders have been eliminated from playoff contention with a week to go. Think about that, by the way. The sixth seed out of seven that get in a month ago. And they still controlled their destiny as recently as yesterday. And now their last game doesn't even matter. Even with everything. Yeah. It's almost impossible to fathom. Broadcasting live, Buffalo Wild Wings, Culpepper, Niles Mill Road. Stop on by, say what's up. We're Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is The Fan, and we are back live at Buffalo Wild Wings off Niles Mill Road in Culpeper. You can stop by and say what's up, lay of the land ahead. In an hour and a half, Jay Gruden joins the show at 5. 
His weekly appointment is always must-list, and we'll get his thoughts on the Commanders getting rocked by the Browns yesterday at home. 24-10, outgained 301-260. Cleveland, in the second half, couldn't be stopped. All of a sudden, that anemic offense looked like a juggernaut. They got the ball and went six plays, 63 yards for a touchdown, 12 plays, 89 yards for a score, and nine plays, 70 yards. 21 points after halftime. The Commanders, 21 points is more than they score on average over the last couple of months. Pretty much. That will do it. It was a wrap at that point, 24-10 the final. I'll tell you what play changed the whole game. Ten minutes to go third quarter. So Washington's leading 7-3 going into the half. They get the ball first. They end up punting. I think they went three and out to start the second half. The Browns get the ball back. They've got a third and manageable from the 46-yard line in Washington territory, right around midfield. Watson gets the ball to Amari Cooper for a chain mover. Should have been a first down. Should have been a first down. Kendall Fuller. Just whiffs. Who I believe is the fourth or third highest player on the team in terms of pay. I'll let you know for sure in a second. Gets to the sideline and completely misses a tackle on Amari Cooper in kind of inexplicable, how does that happen fashion. That was the last moment of the game where the Browns weren't in complete control. Cooper streaks down the sideline and scores, and from that point until the end of the game, the commander's defense didn't really have one answer. I thought that play changed everything. That was, if it's not that play, that's on the podium. I mean, that, that was the one right there, right? Where every, and this is what victimized them last week, too, without Cam Curl, without St. Juice once again. And this isn't like some, this wasn't Danny Johnson getting picked on. This wasn't, you know, backup Billy over Rashad Wild Goose. This, as you said, is the third highest paid player on the team, which he is this year in terms of cap figure. That was a devastating moment right there. Where it should have, as you said, should have been a first down, turns into a touchdown, just a backbreaker after Washington's anemic offense, of course, went three and out. They went back two yards on that possession to make sure Tressway's leg was, was good and worked. That was a terrible sequence. How about this yesterday? Your biggest game of the year, right? Carson Wentz is your highest paid player. How'd he play? <laughs> Curtis Samuel had one touch yeah. for six yards. Not a touchdown. One touch of the football for six yards. Your second highest paid player. Your third highest paid player is Kendall Fuller, who missed the tackle we're talking about. Fourth highest paid player is John Allen. Hurt. Got hurt during the game. He's your best player on defense with Deron Payne this year. Hurt. Chase Young's your fifth highest paid player. Now, he's coming back from injury, and, and I understand how we got here. But he had one tackle. That, that's the stat sheet for him yesterday. I think he had one hit one quarterback on the two, quarterback. Yeah. Charles Leno is number six on this list. And while Leno had a really good season, the last couple weeks were certainly not kind. And after two straight weeks of the opposing top defensive end being the conference player of the week, Miles Garrett had a day off the edge. Not always against Leno, but pass protection was certainly not a strength yesterday. Then you have McLaurin. Again, we're talking about biggest games of the year, right? Best players have to be at their best. You, you want to be great, you better give me a great effort. McLaurin had two catches for 25 yards. Not his fault, by the way. He can't throw himself the football. Mm-hmm. But you got to go down the list. Chase Roulier didn't play. He was hurt. Was Schweitzer. I guess Logan Thomas had an okay game. Everything thrown to him, he caught. He was involved. Montez Sweat. I mean, you're, you're at the bottom of the 10 highest paid players on the team before you start to see guys that made major contributions. That's how you lose, a game you got to have. 800-636-1067, you want to hop in. Carlos is in Alexandria on Grant and Danny. What's up, Carlos? 
the call again, guys. Um, thanks for taking the call again. I'm, um, I've got a quick ask here before I go to the main point, and that is when you talk to the um, – when you talk to the ex-coach at five o'clock, I, I think you made a very good point later about how, you know, the the, the dual uh, role of Ron Rivera is playing into these decisions now. And I'd be interested to know what Mr. Gruden would say about, you know, the guy that picks the quarterback, you know, choosing to play him or not to play him on a certain Sunday. How does that play into it? I think that's part of the dynamic here. But on the overall point, you know, we say defense wins wins championships. You know how many games, uh, and of course it wins them in December and January. You know how many games that this team has won in December and January in the last four years is the exact same number as the worst team in the, in the, in the NFL, Houston, six. Six games in the last four years in December and January. Mm. Which is and, but my, pretty but, stunning because everyone my, but, likes to say that Rivera – Teams, teams finish so well, and they've been right. in the same spot where they need the wins and have fallen apart each time. Yeah, and 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 to that point, in in the moment, in the moment. Hello. Yeah, you're still there. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I keep hearing that. I keep hearing a bell. In that moment, in that moment yesterday, when the defense needed to step up, what happened in the first three possessions of the second half? They ran off three long drives, a mediocre offense, soaking up almost a quarter of time. In, a, in, yeah. a, in the time when the defense needed to step up, had nothing to do with Carson Wentz. And yeah, that's, so, what, that's and my We talked point. about that. Now, here's the problem is this is the ultimate team game. And part of the issue for the defense was that in the first half, they were on the field a ton, and they had bowed up to the point where they had saved the offense's bacon, right? Because Wentz and the offense had put them in a terrible spot over and over and over again. The Browns took over at Washington's 36 they held them to a field goal already in field goal range. The Browns took over at almost midfield at the 42. They turned them over on downs. The Browns took over at midfield at the 47. They punted, didn't get points at all when they needed basically 20 yards for a field goal. That was the first half. So in the majority of their possessions, they came out onto the field with the Browns on the precipice of or already in point range, and they held them all half long to three points. So that's putting in work. I mean, they, they had a hell of a first half. After the two picks, as much of a terrible start to the game as it was for Wentz in the offense, after the one really long drive before halftime, it was 7-3. to three. The defense did everything it could have and should have done. The problem is, I mentioned that long drive, 21 plays, 96 yards, 11-27, I think, t- uh, total time of that drive, which is hilarious and <laughs> crazy. There's no excuse for the defense now. You basically didn't get on the field in the second quarter. You've had all of halftime to rest. You're coming out. It's a four-point game in your favor. Go shut this bad offense down and win this football game. And they gave up touchdown, touchdown, touchdown with the season on the line. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the defense played well. I'm far more forgiving, though, when it comes to lapses in a league that emphasizes offense than most people. Again, I'm going to keep saying the same thing. San Francisco, who has the best defensive football, gave up 34 points yesterday. It's not like Washington gave up 40. It's not like they got Minnesota Vikinged. It's not like it was a complete absolute drubbing. Yes, they gave up three touchdowns, and we expect better from our normal A student. But this league is built for that. It's begging teams to do that. I just can't, I can't muster anger at them when this offense is so crappy that if they were league average, they'd have 11 wins at least, if not more. I'm not even talking about good league average. They scored... Ten points yesterday. Like, like I, I understand what everyone's addressing. They're like, hey, what about the defense as well? Perfectly welcome to, to have a seat at the table and have that conversation. I'm going to keep steering it back to 24 points is not, should not be treated as a national emergency. 
24 points in a game shouldn't be treated as like a, an epic failure where we're asking for coaches' no, heads but a, or whatever. A 21-point half is a national emergency. It's, it's bad. That's not, I'm three, not saying it's good. Three straight drives with three touchdowns at, at any level, honestly, is unacceptable. And on top of that, this is a terrible offense. So that soliloquy you just had, I agree with it largely about the league and the rules. You have a quarterback who is not good right now, leading an offense that other than Amari Cooper is largely devoid of weapons. They basically, in each of the last couple games, have taken Nick Chubb off the field in the second half yeah. because they're, they're not playing for anything and they want to keep him fresh going into the offseason and they're trying to minimize the shots he's taking because he's so important to them long term. And so some guy Ford that I don't know. And, and This offense with Harrison Bryant and Donovan Peoples-Jones was just moving the ball like it was walking down the field, uh, throwing against air, seven on seven. So I, I can do both. You're saying it's like an either or. Well, the offense. That's not either or to me. I, I, I like. I, I agree with you on the offense. I, I Other hear, side of it. No, the I, defense stunk in the second half. I, yes, they did. I, I guess. I'm, I guess my only point is I'm far more forgiving of that than it, than it seems most people are. Right? Like to me, you're allowed to have mediocre games because that's what that ends up being. Right? Where. You give up 24 points in a game. It's not good, especially the way that it happened. But I'm watching the Jets who have a good defense. They couldn't stop Seattle yesterday. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles have a really good defense. Gave up 40 a couple of weeks ago to the, to the Cowboys. I guess my point is, in the offensive league, sometimes offense is going to happen. And you're, you're totally right that it's not good. I'm not telling you that 21 points on three straight drives is something we should write home about and say that we've seen the 85 Bears again. I'm, I'm just nowhere near as worked up about that, I guess, as, as the other side of it. So – Twofold. One, and this doesn't matter, but just because you brought them up, the Jets allowed 23 points all game. That good defense you're talking about? Yeah. Washington allowed 21 in three drives. And the Jets, after halftime, when now your season's on the line, oh, my God, they're about to beat us, they allowed six points the rest of the game. Washington, in a three-drive span, allowed 21 points. It's a big, big deal. Where I'm forgiving, and I am forgiving to the defense, is Jeremy Reeves is playing safety opposite Derek Forrest. And you've got Danny Johnson at corner and David Mayo chasing dudes. In the, like, this is not the defense Jack Del Rio planned, right? right? There are a lot of injuries. Not nearly to that extent on offense. I am more upset with the offense, for sure. The defense got you there. But as I said earlier, it's almost like one of my kids is a good student. One's a bad student. I expect the bad student to do bad student things. I need the good student to do the good student things. And... On the biggest test of the year, they skipped class. A little disappointed in my well-behaved kid. 800-636-1067 if you want to join us on Grant and Danny Live at Buffalo Wild Wings off Knowles Mill Road. Let's go to Pablo in Alexandria. What's up, Pablo? So I'm, I, was, I was one of the guys uh, yelling Heineke yesterday, and I'm going to try to explain why we're yelling that in a very simple way. I'm a dad of three boys that love the Commanders, and I'm a fan that pays every month for season tickets. And we were yelling Heineke because, you know, you go to training camp and you see that Heineke comes to you and spends time with you and spends time with your kids and takes pictures with every single fan in there. And Wentz doesn't even acknowledge you. They don't even, he doesn't even see that you're there. You know, both can be bad quarterbacks and bad, you know, you know, they're not elite quarterbacks for sure. But the big difference is that Heineke has passion. And you see that passion when you're in that, so those stands. And you see those bad, that passion when you're there in training camp and they come to you and cares about your kids. You know, Heineke is a guy that has a heart, has a passion. He might not be the best quarterback, but he's not 
a vanilla ice zombie like the guy we saw playing yesterday. And not, no offense to the guy. They both can be great quarterbacks. But that's why we're there yelling Heineke, Heineke. Yeah, people love him. That's not up for debate. I, I guess – to me, yeah, and I, by the way, you're allowed to love him. Right. Like, it's I, your fandom. Good for you if yeah. you like Heineke. I also don't, I don't begrudge. I mean, I remember somebody left an Orioles game when I was a kid going, that Cal Ripken's a jerk because he couldn't sign an autograph for his kid in that one moment. Now, now, never mind he'd signed hundreds of thousands over the course of that season. He maybe literally had to go inside and change his underpants or get his ankle taped or you know, get something stretched out or hit off the tee or do any of a million things for the game, and he politely said, I couldn't do it. But that one guy leaves going, that Ripken is not a great guy. I have no idea if Carson Wentz is a terrible person, doesn't sign an autograph or, or otherwise or not. It's always hard for me That's when somebody has like that one story where in their moment, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you, you didn't get an autograph, and Taylor did give it to you. It, it's always, it's, I always feel like it's unfair to judge. I agree. I, I'm also, I don't, with all due respect, I don't care about that right now. And I'm just, like, whatever. Quarterback stuff. That's, that's what I care about. <laughs> if one of them signs all the autographs and the other one doesn't. I need first downs. I need yards. I need points. That's what I need. And most people like Heineke, not because he signs more autographs. You know, that might be this guy's reason that he had a good experience with him and his kid at training camp. It's because of how he plays. If you like Heineke, that's cool. My mom loves Heineke. She texts me every throw yesterday, the whole game. Put Heineke in. Put Heineke in. She's one of you. She, she loves him too. I understand why people like him. I'm not saying you shouldn't have been booing or you shouldn't have been chanting for him. I am just saying we have reached an untenable situation here where the zest and pizzazz and love for this guy does not actually equal the results. And that's a dangerous place to be with a backup quarterback. Because other than going and getting Allen or Mahomes, you're bringing in a really flawed player this offseason at a position that is imperfect. If your default is immediately to say, that guy will do it better, that's a scary place to be. That's all. So if you were one of the ones chaining Heineke yesterday, cool, no problem with that. You, your, your voice was heard. It was a story. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how you decided to spend your day. That, I don't think it affected the outcome or Carson Wentz. If that affects Carson Wentz, he ain't it, which we probably already know. Anyway. I think we know, yeah. Because you're going to – it's the NFL, man. Like, you've got to have a really thick skin to do this. You throw an incompletion or a pick, there's 10 million people on Twitter telling you how terrible you are. If someone booing you at home or if someone chanting Heineke is going to bother you, this probably isn't for you. 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. You're listening to The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
a week 18 in which we'll be discussing who's going to start at QB, I would imagine Carson Wentz is not an option. Rivera today saying, and you'll hear his press conference at 6, we got Jay Gruden at 5. I'm guessing they'll go with Heineke. I think it should be Sam Howell time. I don't know how or why they wouldn't, but just based on the presser reading the tea leaves, uh-huh. I, I felt like no Wentz, and I think when he says we're playing to win, they'll go back to Heineke and try to get their eighth win of the season. That win. Or what would it be? Yeah, eight. Eight, eight, and to one. To be right? eight, eight, yeah. and one. That win means something to them. Me, fat fan, Danny Ruye, who loves sitting at home watching games on television, it means less than nothing. It's actually a detriment. Because it enables a bad process. It makes people feel validated. Wrong. Don't do the wrong thing. Do the right thing. It should be how, but it won't be. Is my bet. I bet it's Heineke. Hey, you don't know who's on, line, on the hold right now. I don't. Tony in Long Island. Tony! I've been sending up his bat signal all season. My wife asked me recently. She's like, whatever happened where's, to that guy, Tony? Tony? And I was like, I don't know where Tony went. Tony, you haven't seen your bat signal? Oh, man. You know, I've been thinking about, first of all, Happy New Year, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, um, too. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, the last time I called, and the reason why I haven't called is I haven't bought in to the BS that Ron's been selling this whole year. And uh, I, when the last time I spoke to you guys, I, sa- I gave you this quote. I said, this franchise, after they traded for Wentz, I said, this franchise has the uncanny ability of forcing us to digest things that we know are not going to work. And yesterday was the epitome Epitome of of that. that. Yep. Okay. And this division was lost, not yesterday, not with the injuries. This division was lost with Ron thinking he he made a good decision in trading for Wentz. And what Grant said was 100% correct. Going to Wentz was the right decision yesterday because you had already made the trade. So you compounded a bad decision by following it up with another really bad decision. And so to me, here's the problem. I think this is the worst position the franchise has been in, in, I think, as far as I could remember. And that's really saying something because there's no way out of this quagmire now. You can't fire Ron. And Ron's going to come back. And we're going to now we're going to make him give us our next quarterback. So we're giving the keys to the car the same people who've already crashed the car so that's a real real problem and one last thing and i've been thinking about you thinking about you danny one of my friends said to me the other day he's like oh you know anthony maybe they should make you run the team and i said no the guy who should be running the team is this guy danny ruya they're like they're like like, who is he i said because when they who's he all right right and they and i said because when we drafted chase young you were the only guy, and I mean the only guy. Grant, I, I know you know this. He was the only guy that said we should have given serious consideration or if not draft Justin Herbert. And everyone said you were crazy. You said, no, he's a quarterback, and we should be taking a quarterback. And we all pushed back on you. And, God, if we would have took Herbert at that spot, everything would be different now. But we're not that type of franchise. Chase Young is not going to be an impact player. We know that now. Neither is Jamin Davis, and neither is anything that's going to happen with this team. But I just think we're in a terrible spot, and I don't see a great way out. It looks like next year is going to be a wash year. I, don't, I really don't know. The question, thanks, Appreciate buddy. you, Tony. Do you allow this group to draft a quarterback? 
I don't think I would. I wouldn't. So you then are in the free agent bucket or the trade bucket. You're going and getting your car, your Garoppolo type. But even then, you're committing massive resources. You probably have to find the sweet spot of a player on a one-year deal. The worst thing that they could do now and that they do all the time is that they they allow Rivera and this staff to draft whoever it is at 17, 21, trade up, worst case, picks in the future. And then when you blow them out in a year, very likely, the next staff inherits the quarterback. Yeah. That, that's the, we saw that with Haskins. That's the commander special. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the, what the Bears do, and it, they also stink in, in running teams. The, the next staff is always inheriting the last group's quarterback, so you're waiting a year or two before you can figure it out. Stunned whoever that is is growth, and then they don't work out, and then you've got to move on. It, it's, it's always the worst possible way to do it. Tony, good to hear from you. I've been trying to, to send up the bat signal here so I could hear your uh, passion for a little while. We got our Beltway Blitz coming up on the Wizards, Caps, and Commanders. We haven't even gotten into Ron Rivera yesterday, not knowing that the Commanders could be eliminated. Something that all the screens here at B-Dubs, all the national TV shows are talking about. (laughs) Nick Wright on FS1 right now, first things first. Ron Rivera appears unaware team could be eliminated. I mean, this is national, massive commander's embarrassment. Nick Wright is saying two things. He's like, let's never forget I saved Grant's wife's life at the Super Bowl once. That's true. And Ron Rivera didn't know that his team could be eliminated. There was like a hornet around her head, and he like swung his laptop We, we all tried, and he hit it with a binder. He did. He Nick, saved her life, Grant. You owe Nick Wright. I do. I, forever. And I've always said that. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 